You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining us on the show today is Anand Tiagi. He's a restaurateur, co-founder of JAG, which is a Michelin-starred contemporary French fine dining restaurant located at Duxton Road. Now, he co-founded this with Chef Jeremy Gillon. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm very well, sir. Good afternoon. Yeah, lovely. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Anant, you were born in India, but you grew up in the Republic of Ireland. What was your earliest memory of the industry? I think the earliest memory of uh, being in the industry was uh, predominantly my parents, me being a single child, bringing me around to wonderful establishments. And I, I, I feel privileged to have been in that position and seeing and receiving exceptional service at these grand hotels around the world. And I think Uh, that must have left a mark. And as years went by and the glamorous uh, elements stuck with me, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, working in some grand properties and visiting and staying in these uh, amazing hotels around the world. And you uh, got to see the who's who. And that was quite exceptional. So those are my earliest memories, the glamour aspect of it. And as a child, you know, not having ever shied away from hard work, I always uh, wanted to be part of, you know, the glamour culture in hospitality when I was much younger. Yeah, hospitality, just like a lot of other industries, you really need to have a passion for it. So who inspired you to enter the industry and make a career out of it? I would say, you know, this is uh, not a single person. If I look back at my career today, I can quite confidently say it's uh, down to two people that equally share that role. In my very early years, I used to work in a property in the Republic of Ireland called the Heritage at Kilinard. It's a Seve Ballesteros uh, golf resort and it's a grand property. Um, and uh, there I had a gentleman called Pierre Orodou, who was a former Perpignan French rugby player turned hospitality professional, tall, uh, towering man. He had a major impact on my career, and he was one who believed that uh, where you come from uh, has no impact on where you're going. And because he was French, although that may be considered in many places an advantage, isn't. Knowledge is an advantage, and it must be shared. And and he imparted a lot of his knowledge uh, onto me and gave me a lot of opportunity, and I am very grateful, and I remain friends with him till date. Um, In the later parts of my career, and this is in Singapore, when my first port of call, which was... Uh, having the privilege of opening Daniel Gulu's DB Bistro at Marina Bay Sands. It's a gentleman who runs, has recently retired or ran Daniel Gulu's uh, group of restaurants around the world, a chap called Brett Trozzi. What a man, you know, he's uh, he has had a great impact on me, on the people management and, and humility uh, aspect of the industry. And uh, I'm very grateful to these two people. I look up to them greatly. Yeah, you certainly do. And that's exactly what inspired you to, you know, enter this industry. You mentioned quite a few highlights there that you can recall quite fondly. In 2009, you moved to Singapore with all this experience under your belt. What actually brought you to Singapore out of all other places in the world? I think uh, over a number of years, Singapore has developed this uh, reputation of being this exceptional education hub. And uh, not many people know I'm an ardent fan of uh, the late 
with Mr. Lee, and I, I remember watching some of his speeches in uh, the United Nations, among other things, and I always uh, enjoyed uh, reading and studying politics. So I quite enjoyed how Singapore was uh, structured and how uh, great a focus there was on education. So to answer your question very precisely, uh, I came here to further my education, and I had no intention at that stage to, to stay here. And as I do enjoy a tipple uh, at, at late hours in the morning, and you know, one of those uh, interesting occasions led me to enter hospitality here. That's another story. To further your education, and uh, you've been here since then. You know, let's talk about the restaurant Jag. But before that, the conversation that led to you opening up your business uh, with Jeremy. What was the context of the conversation? With Jeremy, we made our acquaintance at uh, a restaurant I used to work at and run called Me at OUE, which is uh, under the OUE Restaurants Private Limited umbrella. And Jeremy used to visit Singapore in the off season when there was no uh, snow in the ski resort in Walcheronts. So he was here between five and five and a half months every year, spearheading the French cuisine at Me at OUE, as it was a three cuisine restaurant. In the first year, I think we butted a lot of heads, and you know, because we are both strong characters and we are very firm in our belief at what our sense of hospitality is. There was a linguistic barrier as well. But as time passed and then he had left and I was like, that was great experience working with him. So when he came back the next year, we became very good friends very quickly. And that led to us hanging out outside of work very often for extended periods of time. And in that time, we would speak of our career and opportunities that we felt were not realized. I'm not speaking of uh, jobs that we could have taken. I'm speaking of what we could have done in certain establishments, uh, given we had the privilege of uh, molding establishments and why we weren't able to achieve those things, whether that was a stakeholder-driven limitation put on that establishment or it's our lack of maturity at that stage in our career. And we always found a lot of cohesiveness in that. So that conversation led to us briefly one day saying, we should do a restaurant together. And because we had mentioned that, and I remember specifically we were at 28 Hong Kong Street uh, when we spoke of that, and this was uh, year 2015. And uh, then we continued to speak of that uh, over a period of time. And we truly realized that we want to do a restaurant together. And there was an option for us to do that, France, Ireland, Singapore. We realized that it has to be in Singapore because the values we believe in, the the type of uh, clientele we want to serve in a cutthroat environment, especially we have competition is right. We want to be in that drives both of us. This is the place. And, um, you know, and uh, we, we enjoy living here. We enjoy uh, this for me. It's a home. It's becoming a home for Jeremy. So that is how JAG came about and how JAG was uh, titled JAG was truly over a beer. We were at uh, this place in Suntech City called uh, Terra, now uh, now closed. And uh, we were sitting there and Jeremy, I and, uh, and my wife and Jeremy was like, my name is uh, JG. Your name is A. Let's put A between J and G and uh, that uh, he called Jag and me I associate Jag with old school charm of Jaguars that were handmade and open top uh, no electronics in the car and and I was like Jag you know Jeremy Clarkson also uh, pronounces Jag in such a wonderful way and uh, so I was like we must call it Jag that's the story of Jag pretty much some of the best business ideas are actually formed uh you know, just over a few drinks, actually. Yeah, as you rightly mentioned there, we're in conversation with Anand Tiagi. He's a co-founder at Jag Restaurant. It's a contemporary French fine dining establishment located at Duxton Road. You know, let's talk about how confident you were about the project. You know, what are some of the initial challenges that you had to overcome? We're, of course, talking pre-pandemic. You know, tell me a little bit about this. I think given 
And I thank God and, um, you know, whatever powers uh, control this in addition to that. We both have had very, very fruitful careers. We've worked for some exceptional people who have groomed us and who have given us an opportunity to do uh, wonderful things since a very young age. So confidence was definitely not something that was lacking. I believe in the beginning we walked into this, me in Singapore having opened some amazing establishment, Jeremy having been here on and off and having opened some exceptional establishments in Baltorans. Confidence we were you know full of it what uh, i would say uh, in the beginning the biggest challenge for us and i think this most young businesses go through this uh, period was an identity crisis uh, and by identity crisis i mean the identity of the brand and jag any business must have and must know who they are and in the beginning we were trying to do so much and we did not identify who really our target clientele was uh, we were just trying to please too many and too wide a segment of the market and doing too many things, which was causing us to overwork ourselves and lose sight of what we set out to do in the beginning. We corrected that path, I would say, quite quickly because we have a very open conversation style of a work environment where everybody, it doesn't matter you've been there one month or you've been there since the beginning, has an opportunity to share the, the challenges you are facing. So I think six months in or seven months in, we corrected, it was our third season, I would say. We corrected our path and then we streamlined what we what we were doing at Jai and focused on uh, what our vision was in the beginning, which is to be, you know, very accommodating dating and have a warm sense of hospitality and be very, very vegetable-centric. Yeah, it's a great restaurant, open kitchen, and you'll just have a, an incredible experience, actually, when you dine at JAG. We, of course, have to turn our attention to the COVID-19 pandemic. How did you, Jeremy, and the restaurant manage to stay afloat during the initial stages of the pandemic with the circuit breakers and the multiple heightened alerts and restrictions, what were you guys doing? I think in the beginning, I'll be very honest with you, like many businesses, we were very much in a in a situation, I would say this was week two after circuit breaker was announced, whereby me and Jeremy sat down in the dining room and we were like, look, highly likely that we will not see the end of this circuit breaker. And primarily because, as you yourself know, we have no menu at Jai. That plays to our advantage because everything is fresh, everything is very bespoke. But when there is no menu at Jai, you miss nothing from Jai. You are not missing or craving for that burger, that tuna tartar, that fish and chips. So when you were to put out, let's say, a takeaway menu, which everybody was talking about and pivoting that direction, people would be like, do they really know how to cook this food? That was a challenge. And we were very aware of that. And both of us are mature enough in our careers. And we were like, well, if this failure happens, we done great work and we have to be proud of that and we must do it the right way i think the core driving principle for us was whatever we do during this uh, entire pandemic and in the beginning it was i don't know uh, whether it was called pandemic at the circuit breaker stage our team must not suffer and we must be 100 percent transparent with our team and our primary goal and Jeremy and I were both in mutual agreement was that none of the impact of this pandemic must be felt by our team financially and also emotionally. It is our decision to have opened a business. It is our decision to have brought on people. It is our responsibility to look after our people. And that was the driving principle. And that was also the driving force. So with that, two, three weeks in, things were not working out for us. Then we again had a conversation with the 
with everyone in our team, really, guys, what should we do? And um, to thinking back in that meeting, I, I remember us discussing why don't we have a no menu approach like we normally do, whereby we don't put out a menu that's available every day and we ask blank canvas questions. What do you want to eat? And uh, within 48 or 72 hours, whatever you want to eat, we will bring that in, cook for you in whatever volume you want to eat it in for your family and deliver it to you at your home, really looking after the delivery experience and how it's received at your end. Yeah, what a unique um, experience though. Yes, and then because I am um, personally a little OCD, for me it was like, okay, you control uh, the point all the way to the door and then somebody else takes the food. So we said, no, we shan't do that. And I, uh, at, during my time at Marina Bay Sands and uh, at OUE uh, Corporation, used to utilize limousine services quite uh, actively for uh, some of our clientele, for myself. So I called up uh, a former contact of mine who who had a fleet of uh, uh, Mercedes's uh, S and E class uh, of about 40 cars. And I was like, look, you're doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. Uh, help me out here. And uh, so at a much more abridged rate as compared to what they charge for but our hires, these guys would rock up in vests or suits and they would deliver to Mrs. Lam, to Mr. Tan, to Mr. Blickensdorfer at their door and say, Mr. Blickensdorfer, this is your Jag experience this evening. And everything was broken down. Everything was individually labeled. Sauces were separate. Vet components were not together with dry components. And so it worked. And uh, it worked purely, I would say, thanks to God's grace and an unbelievable and undeserving grace that our clientele showed us. I mean, we, I'm, I'm certain how young we were. We were not deserving. There's been establishments here who have been doing this for much longer. And But it worked, you know. In hindsight, it was thanks to our wonderful clientele who showed faith in us and saying, hey, you know, we've never seen you cook a pulapo or cocoa, but I want you to cook one for my family of uh, 11 and add a lot of truffle to that and then make an experience and pick three bottles of wine and send it to me. I will never stop being grateful for that because that has gotten us to where we are today. Yeah, despite the answer, certainties individuals still got the full well almost full jag experience actually and how you went so far the lengths you went to what was the uh, the reaction like to you guys doing this in the beginning, first two to three weeks, as we, uh, similar to the first two to three weeks of Jag, we were having identity crisis. But when we went to this blank canvas approach, we changed our tact. We, instead of sending our communication through emails and posting it on Facebook and these group chats that had been created in that time, we decided we have an existing pool of clientele that have chosen to dine in at Jag and have chosen to stay in touch with us because they've expressed a desire to know what we do. So I took every single one of those individuals' phone numbers and Jeremy took every one of those individuals' phone numbers and we created their profile in our individual phones. And we personally wrote a WhatsApp message to every single one of those asking a question like, hey, we would be coming up with next week's offering whereby there is a blank canvas approach. And of course, in addition to that, you have cheese and charcuterie, which we do at Jag. And Jeremy's famous crock, Monsieur, if you wanted to have a delicious ham and cheese sandwich on steroids. And I would say 98% of people, this is an, a pessimistic number, a very, very high number responded back, oh, I would love to see what you're doing by WhatsApp, because it was personally a message from Jeremy and me. That is how the communication went forward. So we would do up an artwork at Jag, a very simple one, and we would to send it to people weekly on Friday for the week following that next week we expect to have access to an amazing whole leg of land from the Pyrenees Mountains, access to a whole poolard from Brest, access to 
amazing suckling pig from Rugg Estate in Wales. Is there anything that appeals to you or anything outside of this selection that you would like to have? Let me know. And people would WhatsApp you back with their address, their desire, the date they wanted, the occasion, and we would just cook for them. Pretty much our tagline was, please allow us the privilege to cook for you. And it has stayed with us because it, it, it truly is a privilege. Yeah, it just means that much more when those messages are personalized and you actually realize how much support you have from your clientele. Now that whole period of uncertainty has, I wouldn't say disappeared, but hopefully the worst part of it is over now. For someone who's never been to Jagannath, how would you describe the general atmosphere there and the restaurant in general? Um, Very simply put, uh, as we are an establishment of just six tables and an utmost capacity of uh, 14 diners at JAG. I would very simply define JAG's experience as one that's very intimate and one that has warm hospitality at its core. If we were to take that a step further and speak of the cuisine, we are a French contemporary restaurant, as you described us in the beginning, that is heavily vegetable-centric and religiously seasonal. And that is who we are, very simply put. I think seasonality is something that we were both very passionate about and I think is the right way, ethical way and sustainable way of cooking and executing and creates a desire for people to look forward to seasons and also you're not over harvesting you are appreciating the produce of the season so yeah we are a place of uh, an intimate setting that has warm hospitality at its heart old school charm courtesy of me we have vegetable centric french contemporary restaurant yep short simple description tells you all that you need to know about the establishment that is jag I'm sure a lot of people ask you, Anand, what's it like working with Jeremy? You've known him for quite a few years now. What's that, that experience been like? And what are some of your biggest takeaways from your friendship? I mean, because our relationship started on uh, treacherous waters in the mm. first year, <laughs> we learned about each other's character quite quickly. And once we got past that first year, uh, we became friends and progressively that friendship grew into mutual respect and so on and so so the foundation of the relationship is strong it isn't that we've not had an argument before it isn't that we haven't gotten past that argument before so working with jeremy is um, in very simply put a charm because we know each other's quirks uh, we know when jeremy responds to something in a certain way he is unhappy with me or i respond uh, with uh, to, to him in a certain way i'm unhappy with him and so we would then you know in response to that always at the end of the work and was like hey what's up let's have a conversation uh, so working with him as a charm we understand each other very well he's my uh, you know i would say outside of my family person who understands me the best and and i would like to believe uh, the same for him so working with him in the very simply put is has been truly a charm. Uh, this does not mean we don't have arguments or uh, we, you know, we, we don't disagree. But because there is a very strong foundation at the core of it, and there is a genuine care for each other, and we know that uh, the business is not more important than the personal relationship. So that is always a foundation on which we find common ground. And uh, it's, it's an enjoyable conversation 99% of the time. I think my omelette skills have improved greatly. It's uh, something I did really well before <laughs> I met him. But his are epic, and he uh, wiped the floor with me uh, one day uh, post-work. Uh, so now, uh, post-work on Saturdays, we quite often do food, and, and everybody sits down and eats. And, I, you know, we, we still have these omelette competitions between uh, me and him. Mine is getting better. His is still epic. Besides that, I think, I think humility uh, would be one thing I have uh, learned from Jeremy more uh, than I have learned from anybody else, because... The amount of knowledge he has of ingredients and how humble he has uh, he is about those things is 
one of the things I, I loved about him uh, in the beginning, and I felt that this is an, a very accommodating individual and one who believes in knowledge sharing, like my uh, mentor Pierre Waradu shared with me, and very few people like that you come across in your career and lives. So I think humility is a big part of it. I mean, I have learned about ingredients. We're talking about vegetables and wild forage herbs and spirits and eau de vies that I didn't know existed. And this is despite having worked in some of the most refined dining rooms in the world and some of the most luxurious uh, resorts and hotels in the world and with some epically talented three Michelin star, two Michelin star chefs in my career. The amount of uh, knowledge and relationships that uh, Jeremy has and access to knowledge he has, he just very comfortably shares with everyone. And, and I think that is the right way to work in. So I'm very grateful for that. It's a very enjoyable relationship. As you mentioned there, started on Treacherous Waters. Now you have a restaurant together and this friendship just goes from strength to strength. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, looking ahead, how has the pandemic shaped you, Jeremy, and the restaurant to better prepare as Singapore has eased restrictions and enters this new era? I believe as an organization, as a company, it has most certainly made us more resilient. We were very, very young at the stage the pandemic hit. We had not had an opportunity at that stage as a food and beverage business, a successful one, but still a food and beverage business, to have built a substantial footing in Singapore. So we have become a more resilient organization as a company. Now, the second aspect of an organization are its people. And I would say the pandemic did the best thing to us was truly make us value our people even more than we did before. And it is the team that makes us, you know, like people like YS or Yongxiang, who's been with us since day one, or Lawrence, who's, who's the sous chef. Without them, we are we are nothing, you know. And it is with people and their progression and applying a philosophy of knowledge sharing, applying a philosophy of their career development over restaurant jags development is where we are going. And uh, I think the pandemic, as it happened, the impact it had on all of us mentally, I would like to personally believe both Jeremy and I and Jag, in addition to that, have come out of it stronger mentally than we were going into the pandemic. And it has given us a perspective of being able to tolerate future shocks if there were to be any. And um, I, I pray and hope that there isn't one anytime soon for everyone. But that is where uh, we are looking forward. I mean, very simply put, when if you had spoken to me, and I'm sure you've had this conversation with hundreds of people, uh, if you had spoken to me pre-Circuit Breaker, that would you do a takeaway? I, I would probably laugh at that question. I was like, are you kidding me? We are a fine dining restaurant. What do you mean? We do, we do we do a takeaway? But it forced us to think about that as a viable option. And it forced me to think about that delivery experience. One week, somebody asked us to do a burger special because Noma was doing a burger special. Us being OC we were like, we will not do burgers in a box and send it to people. We will send a patty. We will send toasted buns. We will send another box of sliced tomatoes, sliced onions. We will send another box of ketchup, another box of another sauce. And you put it together. Everything is cooked. But if you don't want to eat it at the same time, you can heat independent items individually. They maintain their texture and appearance. And you put it together. It's not difficult to put it together. It's difficult to cook it, perhaps. We now look at that as an additional business model for JAG. 
along with other things that we do. We have a retail thing. People say, why don't you sell your glassware? And I remember being greatly inspired by the Starwood group of hotels back in the day. And Weston is one of their brands. It's been absorbed into Marriott now. But Weston had a philosophy, everything you see, you can buy. The Weston bed is very famous, particularly in Europe. People buy that mattress uh, quite often. So we applied the same philosophy. You like the Jags brand of cutlery, which Mepra makes for us in uh, South Italy. We sell that. You like our hand-blown glassware from Japan by the house of Kimura. It's bespoke and made just for us. You can buy that, among other things, like the custom scent that we get made by Maison 21 next door. So we've become a very resilient organization that has more revenue streams than just the two brown doors you walk through. It has helped us to build our offense and defense much, much better as compared to pre-pandemic. And we are now a very, very fluid organization, I would like to believe. And it is not just dependent on Jeremy. People play a very, very important role and much greater role in Jeremy. Yeah, what a brilliant conversation. So well put, you know. I've learned so much about you, about Chef Jeremy, about your restaurant, battling the pandemic and looking ahead for the future. Being in conversation with Anand Tiagi. He's the co-founder alongside Chef Jeremy Gillon of JAG, a contemporary French fine dining restaurant, also Michelin star at Duxton Road. Thank you so much for your time and have a great rest of the day. Thank you, sir, and you too. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.